Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast was created for entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, digital marketing tips, personal development resources, and a nice dose of comic relief. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What is going on, everybody? Jason Wright here with another episode of the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This week, we are at episode 156, and I do have another awesome guest with me this week. Before we jump into that conversation, today, what the guest and I speak about is, is coaching and his business and you know his perspectives, and I, I think it's really valuable. Think about a time in your own journey as an entrepreneur where maybe you thought you had it all figured out. Is there anything coming to mind? For me, a few things come to mind, but uh, the first year I was in, in this business trying to figure it out, I didn't acknowledge or didn't realize that there were some things that I was just truly terrible at and had no interest in. I was trying to do everything, you know, bootstrapping, as they say, do it all yourself. And, you know, there's a time and a place when that makes sense, but there's also a time and a place that you'll begin to realize if you haven't already that's the very thing that keeps you where you are. You know, you can't go to that next level um, if you're trying to do everything yourself. It's just not possible. You know, individuals can have a lot of success by themselves, but at some point there is a ceiling to that because um, not only of your time, you know, the time being that ceiling, but skill set is another piece as well. So super interesting for me to kind of realize that and see that and I try to stay in my lane now going forward, knowing, you know, these are my two or three areas of, you know, great strength, try to stay in that lane and surround myself with people who are strong where I'm weak. So think about that as you listen to our conversation today. Today, my guest is Jason True, and we speak to him, or I speak to him uh, here in a moment about uh, what he's got going on. And, and like I said, great conversation. So check that out. What's going on, everybody? I've got another great guest with me this week. I have Jason True with me, another Jason. Jason is a business and senior executive coach for high performers. He's a number one best-selling author of the book Social Wealth with over 40,000 copies sold and a podcast host himself. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on the show and speaking to your fantastic tribe. No problem at all. So really curious, uh, did quite a bit of research on you. You've done some awesome things, worked with some awesome people. Kind of tell me where all this began for you. Well, I mean, I started out in a pretty traditional route. I went to school. I went to grad school to get my law degree and master's in communications. And I decided that, you know, I didn't really want to pursue the legal career after I graduated. So I went out to Silicon Valley and I got to work with some great people and learn from some, you know, incredible leaders, industry titans. I got to work with Steve Jobs, the CEO of Netflix, Mark Cuban, when his company got acquired. Um, I got to work with the CEO of HP. I mean, a lot of the high-level venture capital firms. So I got a lot of amazing experiences on, you know, how to be a great leader, manager, a lot of the pitfalls. Look, went in a lot of startups, so it just was an exciting opportunity to really understand how organizations are created that stand out, and also leaders and managers as well. 
Mm-hmm. So when you got out of school, was it were you working for somebody and you got these experiences on the side, or was that part of your job at the time, or how did that part of my job at the time? So gotcha. When I was in Silicon Valley, so I got to work with these people inside of groups, right? Okay. Some of the people, and some of them were. I got some small experiences with them one on one. Um, you know, uh, and like at the CEO of Netflix, that w- they weren't, they were nothing at the time. So my uh, CEO of the company I was working with, I was doing some strategy work with him, like one on one for several months. So I got to sit in an office, very nice week, and uh, do things. So it was pretty exciting. Yeah, and, and I guess at what point in that journey were you like, you know what, I want to, I want to do this for myself. Like I don't need to do this, you know, with anybody else anymore. I can do this alone. You know, it probably took, it took a while and I think it was more, uh, at a certain point, politics and everything else play as you go up the corporate ladder. And I think that the environments I was in towards the later half before I decided to leave started to get me thinking that I just didn't love to deal with all of these challenges and issues, um, per se. I love the people and helping them. But it wasn't the environment that was the best for me. So I decided to start doing this on the side and seeing if I can make a real business out of it. And then I did that for several years and iterations of this until finally, you know, I took the leap of faith to do it on my own. Very nice. I I definitely understand what you're saying about the politics and um, corporate America, uh, not a big fan either. That's why I'm not there. So, <laughs> yeah, and I think it depends, right? Like, I think some organizations are different. It's that I just had a certain point where, you know, the other pieces of it were that I thought that if I really wanted to get back and doing some tech work, I'd have to go back out to San Francisco and I really didn't want to do that. Um, so there were going to probably some necessitate some things for me to do uh, along with everything else that I was like, you know, I'd rather just go down this route rather than that one. I think in the long term, I think this would have been better for me. And then I dabbled on the side to test out my hypothesis as well. I didn't just go and do this um, by taking some crazy leap or something else. Mm-hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. So I really want to get into your mind um, kind of in the world of entrepreneurship um, and this is kind of a, a general question, but I'm curious to see what you have to say. What level of success do you think most entrepreneurs get stuck at? So what I mean, is it the, the one man show? Is it the, you know, two or three employees? You know, I know a lot of people seem to get stuck at a certain point. What do you see from your perspective? Well, I think eventually what happens is, is that your skills and ability hit a ceiling and you plateau. And it's really your self-awareness, your ability to see your blind spots, I think emotional intelligence. Um, I think it's your own development that is the precursor and necessary step to get to wherever you go to the next level, right? So, I mean, whether you're stuck in a one-man shop, that has its own issues, right? And there may be reasons for doing it. Um, but if you're a business owner, you'll have other things, right? Maybe you're a poor manager of other people, right? So you're really good at sales and some other aspects. But so that's going to be your ceiling. So I think that the challenges for individuals is, you know, curiosity is a very um, low level quality in today's society. It's a very underve- underdeveloped ones. People investing in themselves and their own development. 
um, doing in a consistent way um, and being uncomfortable and asking hard questions are just not something that go on and a lot of truth telling. So I think in, wherever you're at, eventually you will get to that point because it's impossible for you to not. Yep. And if you build steps and you're doing it proactively, you will make much more progress before you hit that point. And then it will be helpful because then you already have evidence that if you invest in yourself in doing it, that you can get past it. And so you'll be doing it much quicker. The people that don't take a lot longer, right? And they either stay stuck forever um, or it takes them a really long time to get to the next level of their business. One thing that you mentioned a little bit here, and I believe you mentioned on your website in the videos watching as well, is you say what got you to this point won't take you to the next level. It's interesting no. because a lot of people I talk to will say, hey, this, this always worked for me in the past, and they, they can't figure out why doing the same thing doesn't yield a different result. Yeah, and I think if you look at, I was just reading uh, this book called The CEO Next Door, and they were looking at you know the four top traits after looking through like, 10,000 different CEOs or 11 in their database that they've worked with and their success in coding it. And one of the four things is adaptability. Right. Mm -hmm. How adaptable are you in these environments? Right. Because the problem is, is that the past is the past and it is a learning tool and it's a lesson that you learn from to propel you to the next level. But that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you got to be able to deal with the uncertainty of taking new steps and gaining new knowledge because that's the world that we live in. Right. And you can't internalize the emotions meaning failure or anything else, and call it that because it will hold you back. So you constantly have to be looking at the next frontier and what's ahead and how are things developing. Because if you don't, right, if you say, well, that I, I, I don't believe that, I'm like, well, then just ask Blockbuster, right? Yeah, and no kidding. Blockbuster had three, t three different times they could have bought Netflix, but they didn't want to kill their core business. Well, we know where that's happening now, right? So – you have the thing about it is, is that the future is the future and you have to be there and you'll have multiple opportunities. But if you don't embrace it, you'll be left behind. And when you talk to business owners and get into the details of where their biggest problems are, it's because always because of that. Right. They stopped being as curious. They stopped spending time writing the next book, doing research, doing the grunt work they didn't want to do. That are, is why their business isn't where it should be today. So you either have to love it and put in the work and realizing it that it's going to be work for the long haul and it's never going to go away. Or what will happen is you'll be working 70 hours a week, then go back to 40, and then you'll get yourself in a point where your business is collapsing and you'll wonder why. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you're spending 30 less hours working and you're not investing in your business. You're not investing in yourself. And you're going to get outflanked by someone who's hungrier, wants it more than you, and is doing more work. Mm -hmm. no, I think that's really well said. Really well said. It's interesting. I'm 36, and I was talking to a, another guy maybe six months ago, and he had a 36-year-old son as well. And his son made a comment that I personally can't wrap my mind around, but he said, you know what, Dad? There's not as much opportunity in the world as there used to be. I was like, hmm, that doesn't make any sense. Sounds like somebody's unwilling to try something new. You know, I agree. Right. Because the reality is there's way more opportunity than there's ever been before. Now, the other challenge with that is, is that there's more noise. 
And I think it takes longer for you to get a build a successful, sustainable business than it ever has before. And I believe that that is true. But that's the difference between people who are perseverant, have grit, determined, will stick to it, are reliable, are accountable. I mean, all the things that make people successful, adaptable, that if you do that, you will, right? Now, it's going to take you quite a while, but that's life, right? I mean, it's we're not living on an ESPN highlight reel, and <laughs> right? And I think the problem is in the old, old ways of doing it, too, or people look at that. They're like, well, this person did this and that. And I'm like, have you ever sat down with them, right? So I ask a lot of some of the people I'd work with that are really successful and some other people that I've interviewed for different things that I'm working on. And I ask them a question. So how many people have asked you about the darkest days when you first started out and the lowest points that you had on this journey, right? And understood those and got details around them. And they say very few or none. They've ever been asked that question. And I think it's because everyone wants to look at the end. They don't want to look at the journey and realizing that most people have been doing these things for a long time before they had some seminal event where they made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question, kind of switching gears here a little bit. Um, I know you coach, and I know that you're obviously a big believer in that. Do you think there's any outliers out there, any people that don't need coaching, or do you think everybody can benefit from that outside perspective? Uh, I mean, I, there's not a single person that can't. I mean, I think that here the difference is, is that would you learn rather learn how to drive a race car from an, in like from a NASCAR winner or an Indianapolis 500 winner, or would you rather figure it out all by yourself and me hand you a manual? Right? Who do you think is going to be more successful? Uh, yeah. Second question, I'll say the the person that gets the training is more successful for sure. Yeah, exactly. And yep. so that's the thing. And when you look at when you look at the pillars of people that have been really successful, because I've tried to boil it down in my head to something, a simplistic model that I can apply to in any new situation that I enter into, especially when I'm entering into more of a novice situation or something where I'm maybe proficient, but not close to mastery, right? I look at life as either a novice or a proficient or a master in it. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're in the middle of proficiency or below, like the model that's going to help you the most is taking a look at one, what are the best practices out there? Because everyone's probably done what you want to do. And if you can learn and take those, you will speed up the process because you're just reinventing the wheel. Someone's already spent years or decades trying to do it. Why should you? Just take it, use it, leverage it, and then modify it because you already have something that's probably 80, 90% complete. And you just have to adapt it. The second part is mentors and coaching because it can speed up the process from five to ten times. And they're experts in what they do. So they've seen it a thousand times or a million times. And so they can help you through it and guide you on the steps. So why would you not want to get advice from people? And third is getting support, right? Because it's a tough journey we're on called life. And you need people that have walked in your shoes and been a part of it, right? Because the biggest issue for people is feeling like they're all alone, feeling like the weight of the world is on them and no one else understands. And that's not the case. And that's when you look at most like CEOs, they're in a bunker mentality because they feel like, well, who can I talk to? I can't talk to my exec team necessarily because I can't share with them everything. I have a board above me. I can't tell them. So what do I do, right? And mm -hmm. then that's the problem. They're all alone. Well, 
what you need to do is you need to find a group of CEOs that you can share things to because they understand. So then all you need to do is tell them what's going on. They understand the backstory because they're already a CEO, right? They know what is going on in your head and how you're feeling and that you feel like you're an imposter and you're supposed to put up this veil as though you're not one. And you don't need to have that backstory because otherwise you'll never tell people all that backstory because you're so tired that you'll never get to what's actually going on. And then you'll just walk through life like that. So I think when you can put those together, you can be really successful in whatever it is that you do. Or what will happen is it will take you 5, 10, 15 times longer, right? And you can look at those in terms of years, right? Or you'll never get there because you'll never really figure it out. So mm-hmm. I think coaching is coaching and mentoring is what every single successful person does. And if they don't, I always say, every billionaire you meet, you should ask the first question, why didn't you make $10 billion? And if they don't have an answer, then they haven't figured it out. And all they're doing is backtracking their success, which means they probably had a lot of things they mastered, but there probably is a significant amount that they need to learn and they haven't understood the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I agree with you. I think everybody um, does benefit or can benefit from coaching mentoring as well. So very good. Um, did you ever have a time, Jason, in your own business where you thought, you know, this might not work out or that, you know, real serious thought of failure or anything like that? I mean, I, yeah. And I think if you don't have that every single day or every single week there, you're not really pushing yourself. I because agree. the requirement is, is that when you're uncertainty, that means you're doing something that you don't know whether it's going to work or not. And it's a concern whether you should or shouldn't do that. Right. And, and so I feel like, and I do believe there is a healthy sense of some level of fear. That's a motivator that we all need. Right. I mean, you can't ride on majority of your emotions being negative, getting you to the next place. But I do think having some of them is helpful because we all need that sometimes. So you might as well self-create it, not to the point where it's unhealthy, but I think you're going to need these in order to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. You know, people who never uh, fail or never have that fear, they're not doing much, are they? They really aren't. Because again, when you talk to successful people about when they do something new, right? And I, I, I use this as a highly successful individual, right? They'll, when you ask the question, and I've asked them hundreds of people this question, out of every 10 things that you do, how many things do you get right the first time or pretty close to right? And you'll get most answers that they'll say probably only, you know, two or three out of every 10 that I do. And that's, and so that means the most of the things that they try, they're not being successful at. And so what they do is, They take a leap of faith, but they don't get attached to the outcome, meaning if they don't do something and it doesn't work, they don't beat themselves over the head, right? What they do is they start asking hard questions. Why didn't it work? How could it work, right? What do we need to do differently here? And look at it more objectively once you get through some of the initial emotional reaction, right? And then you can take that and get to the next level. But if you think that people out there are doing things and they're working all immediately. You're believing the hype and the marketing, not the reality of what's really going on. 
Mm-hmm. When you were talking about that, uh, the example I thought about was golf, maybe because I would love to be golfing today. But if you think of a scratch golfer, you know, when if you've never played with them, it's like, oh, they must hit every shot perfectly. Where in reality, is they hit bad shots too, but their ability to recover is so much greater. But you know, the way the way they got there is, you know, like you said, failing so many times before that. So even highly successful people, you know, feel fear. You know, things fail, make mistakes, etc. But obviously, they figured a lot of things out well. Yeah, they show up every day, right? You look at the woman who won the Boston Marathon, right? I mean, she had never won a marathon before, period. Like, that's her thing. That she, and she was entering hard races and, but she stuck to her plan and she won the race in the worst possible conditions. And actually, when you dissect the race, most of the race, she was actually multiple times helping other runners and helping the pack and not even herself. Right. So she didn't actually run the race as though she had planned it because she didn't think she could win in those conditions. And she knew there were other people that she could help that she, other fellow Americans. And so that's how she did it. Right. So I, I think that's life. Right. I mean, that's how we have to do it. It's about showing up and being determined. And the problem is, is you only break through when you break through. And that's the only confirmation that you'll know. So that's what you have to learn from other people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jason, I'd love to get three tips from you for entrepreneurs. And you can go either way with this uh, for either identifying or eliminating their blind spots. What three tips would you offer? Well, I think one is you have to understand that for the majority, I mean, probably 90 some percent of people that are listening to this your biggest blind spot is attached to a past pattern that you were unaware of that had gone on most likely early in your life or caused from some trauma or some significant event in your life, right? And so a quick example of that one would be, you know, if you're a bad listener, right, or people are saying you don't listen in an org, you know, like in a company or in your career or whatever is going on, It could be that you have a skill problem, but it also equally could be that it is something that emanated that you just didn't value listening, right? So I had a client of mine who uh, was a poor listener and managing other people and found out he grew up in a family of six kids. And what happened is, is that getting mommy and daddy's attention was really hard. So he had to yell over his siblings for him to get heard and get what he wanted. So he learned early on that not listening actually got him what he wanted, right? So it's no doubt right now that like you're a poor listener, most likely from that, right? And as we, I pointed out some past patterns, it was easier to fix because it wasn't a skill issue. It was unaware of what was going on and your pattern. So I think pattern recognition is the key for your blind spots, right? I think the other, the tip number two is, you know, vulnerability is the key, right? And really, and that leads you to start understanding your own emotions and emotions in other people, because then you're much more self-aware of what's going on in the world around you. And I think when you can't go to that place, it is really difficult for you to be successful because you can't be empathetic. You won't understand when people are really mad around you and why, You won't be able to take actions like apologizing when you're wrong. You won't be a leader that can stand in front of a group and saying, look, I don't have all the answers. What do you think? Right. And being able to understand when you should be doing that, 
when you should not be doing that, right? And there's a lot of other things that go into it, but emotions are probably the key second place about really building your own um, self-awareness with other people. And I think, you know, the, the third thing is really to attach your blind spots, you know, I think is that you're going to have to just get out there and start getting feedback from other people as well, right? I think tools, I'm not, 360 degree reviews, I think can be helpful if they're orchestrated in the right way, but there are other vehicles to ask it. You, you know, I think it's much better to start asking people who know your work and care about you or know you as a person to ask Questions like, what do you see as my greatest strengths? What do you see as my greatest challenges? What do you see as the one thing that could hold me back from being successful? Right? And if you ask questions like that from people around you, you're going to get feedback, which is going to be really helpful for you in the process of this. And you don't need to do some crazy um, expensive process to figure out. Now, there's a reason for doing that, right? And I think it can be helpful but if you're, you want to get immediate feedback, all you need to do is ask a couple of questions of the people that know you the best. And you want to make sure that you'd ask people those questions that are inside of your organization, your career, but also people external. So they, because they'll be seeing something different potentially than people internally will be. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's great. That first one uh, really resonated with me. So I appreciate you sharing that. What's next for you, Jason? You said like you're a busy guy. I got a lot going on. What are you working on for the rest of 2018? So for a couple things. One, I'm doing a lot more speaking and workshops on my on, on team performance and building high-performing teams and innovative teams. I did a TED Talk last August on how to get coworkers to like each other. And I created this game called Cards Against Mundanity. <laughs> and it, it's, it's a fun game, and it builds – psychological safety in teams, which has been found as the number one factor for creating high-performing teams. And as I've been doing research and looking at teams, um, the absence of psychological safety will mean your team by de facto is not high-performing. And psychological safety is a combination of knowing people on a deep personal level, being able to raise crazy ideas and take risks and fail, and also to be able to ask clarifying questions to make sure you understand things and do a level of truth telling to have real honest conversations with people. And Google did this research on Project Aristotle and found that out um, trying to build a perfect team. And if you Google that, literally, you can find information on that. And then, it's, and then the game is built on creating trust super quickly. And I, it's another research study where complete strangers were matched with complete strangers and in less than 45 minutes created the closest relationship in their life. So you can play this game in teams and organizations and pretty magical things happen fast. So talking on that, building on that, I've got a, a couple uh, other courses I'm working on finishing, putting out on um, building great leadership, finding your blind spots and team performance, and then just doing a lot of coaching for individuals, teams, and organizations around these issues and helping people be great managers and leaders and, you know, significantly increase all their metrics so they can, you know, get to the highest levels. Mm -hmm. 
Very good stuff, man. It's uh, it's good that we have people out there like you because uh, without you, a lot of people would be stuck and kind of lost wandering through life. Yeah, it's tough. And I mean, I think everyone goes through this, right? I mean, yep. I, eventually everyone's going to hit that plateau and that ceiling and you've got to understand how to get out of that place and get to the next level. And the answers more often not are internal ones first, right? And then it's skill acquisition and best practices. But if you just keep looking external for the answers, you will end up in some not great places because you are most likely the biggest stumbling block, especially if you haven't done that level of work before. And it may sound a little bit like therapy, and it sort of is, but I, it's fast-tracked, so it's much, I think, simpler. And getting at more root cause analysis, similar to a doctor would be doing when they go in and you complain about something. Mm-hmm. If somebody listening today is kind of inspired or encouraged by some things you said, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Sure. They can go to my website, and that's jasontreu.com. And it's Troy, but it's pronounced T-R-E-U. And then you can get my game. Um, you can download the Cards Against Mundanity for free um, off my website, or you can go to cardsagainstmundanity.com, and it has instructions, and it's easy to use, and you can use it in any size organization. And I tell you how and how to do it in teams, and people have a lot of good time and fun and increased performance in 45 minutes or less. So. Very nice. Well, Jason, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate your expertise, and uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on. All right. We are back to the show. Jason, appreciate it, my friend, uh, your time, the experience, the expertise. If anybody listening would like to check out Jason and learn more about his company and what he's doing, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 156 and get all of his information there. And as you guys go through your weeks, ask yourself where a coach might be able to help you identify some blind spots. Ask yourself where you're weak and you just haven't, you know, wanted to acknowledge that to yourself and where you may, um, you know, find success, maybe surrounding yourself with some different people or getting some different perspectives. I tell you, no matter who you are, an outside perspective is always going to be a benefit to you. Other people are always going to see things in yourself that you either can't see or don't want to see. So that's all I've got for you this week. Appreciate your ear as always. We will catch up with you a week from now with another episode of the show. Until then, take care. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to Intentionally Inspirational. You can keep up with all of our new episodes on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We look forward to having you join us again next week for another great episode.